I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 460 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I've got an awesome guest for you guys today. Murfeld Mitchell is the first-class father of the Onyx family. The Onyx family produces family-friendly comedic videos starring their four children. They have over 6 million subscribers on YouTube with over 3 billion views worldwide. Some of their content includes Onyx Kids, Onyx Life, Onyx Gaming. They're all available on YouTube, Hulu, Amazon, Apple, Roku, and Onyx Flicks. Now, Murthel writes, directs, and acts in many of the Onyx shows. He brings the family stories to life by depicting how they went from the struggle life to the Onyx life. Murthel has been an ordained minister and marriage and family therapist for over 20 years. He uses his expertise through the family's value-based brand, Onyx Shine, to inspire millions of people around the world. It's an honor for me to have him on the podcast today. Murthel Mitchell will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Murthel was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the First Class Father of the Onyx family and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you enjoyed today's interview with Murthel, please go back and check out some of my other interviews with YouTube dads, including Penn Holderness of the Holderness family, Danny Phillips of the Fam Bam Phillips family, and so many others, all available for you guys to listen to in the archives of the podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, because I got some unbelievable guest announcements that are going to be dropping on you guys very soon here. Follow me over there, at Alec underscore Lace. If you guys enjoy the show, come on and hit me with that rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. It really goes a long way to help me out, and as always, guys, Please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's right here, celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Murthel. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Bell Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, Murthel. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alex. That's a quite a that's quite an introduction. First class. Wow. <laughs> that's what it's all about right here. Let's start right there. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So I have four children. Um, my oldest is uh, 21. The second is 20. The third is in a month going to be 18. And the youngest is 14. And um, that's three girls and one boy. The boy is the 14-year-old. Wow. Yeah, I got the exact reverse of you. I got four kids. We got three boys. Then got the girl on the final try there. So There you go. 
Uh, if we didn't get her on four, we'd have five by now, but we got her, and that's where we uh, and that's it. Where we ended the show, yeah. So, right. uh, if you could, uh, Murthel, please just take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, so um, I'm I'm a media specialist right now. We have Onyx Star Media, and we do things from mainstream. We have a cartoon right now out on Amazon Prime. We partnered with Pocket Watch. On that, um, we also um, have a YouTube channel, which we're mostly known for our YouTube, and that's Onyx Family and my children, Onyx Kids. Um, that has 3.5 billion uh, worldwide views and our subscribers of about 6, six million. Um, and, uh, but prior to YouTube, I was an ordained minister, and I was a marriage and family therapist with my master's in marriage and family therapy. Yeah, what an incredible ride you've had here so far, Murthel. And then what, what, about how old were you then when you first became a father? And how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? So I must have been about 24 when, um, when I first became a father. Um, what an amazing experience. Um, just realizing and just recognizing the awesome responsibility that I've brought a life into this world. And, and I have the responsibility now of taking care of this child. And I think that us as men, the temptation is to think, okay, I got to provide and I got to protect. And while those are roles that, you know, I would never abdicate, um, what about the emotional well-being of a child? And when, you know, in my studies, when I was doing um, my master's in marriage and family therapy, I realized um, through scientific study that the role of the father is extremely important in the well-being, social well-being, psychological and in every way. Um, to be able to bond with your father. So it's not just him just bringing home the bacon, you know, bonding with him. Yeah, well said. I, I stress on, on this show quite often that we, we have a fatherless crisis going on in our country. We have so many kids are growing up without a father in the home. And I think a lot of that has become somehow um, our society or our, our culture has made it seem acceptable for men to walk away from these responsibilities. Like, it, you know what, they use other people as a justification. Well, this person did it. I can do it, too. And I think really the, the, the father of this problem that we have is really having a, a horrible impact on our society. So I, I love what you bring to the table here uh, with all of this. And, and I, I wish that we could just strengthen our family units here. I think if we did that, most of the problems we see in our country would really start to dissolve quickly. Absolutely. And, you know, strengthening the family unit is one thing, but I, you know, there are some things that we probably will never be able to resolve completely like um, adult problems and the challenges that we have when we're in relationships. Maybe those are very challenging and we, we do our best. But I think a father can always be a father. I think a father, no matter what his circumstances, he can always be a father. I have some really great friends who are single parents right now, not by choice necessarily, but they are stepping up and making sure that they that their children know that all the adult problems, I love you. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And I, I spoke with uh, Michael Irvin at the Super Bowl last year about this, and he was really talked passionately about it, saying, you know, he doesn't condone divorce, but if you got to divorce your wife, divorce your wife, but never ever divorce your kids. And you got to stay on your post, you know, and we definitely need that to become uh, cool or that to become the normal thing uh, for men to do. Absolutely. I think, I think what marriage does is marriage augments and makes it easier for us to just be a parent. Staying together, working, um, utilizing each other's skills and working together, that makes the task easy. But the task should never be abdicated. 
we must we're, we're once a parent always a parent i mean that's always our child i mean if i'm in my 90s and my child is in his 80s he's still going to be my my buddy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> that's it yeah right on with that yeah and, and i make it a point too sometimes say I, I don't host a marriage show here this isn't a relationship show this is strictly a fatherhood show you know i know that there's so much that goes into it i bring a lot of single dads on here divorced dads uh whatever it may be and i'm not just to claim i'm married myself for 16 years and i wouldn't lie and say it's been an easy journey so it's definitely yeah, no. <laughs> uh, there's there's definitely a planning there's definitely learning and a process that goes into it but uh, just to pull it back into you here a bit then, uh, as a dad, what would you say were some of the top values that you hope to instill in your kids as they grow up? Oh man. Well, I would say really, truly, um, believing, uh, having a strong sense of belief, uh, faith. So, you know, whether that is to say I am meaningful, I am purposeful. I, I'm not here by accident. I am here uh, by design, and there's certain qualities and skills within me that that need to come out in order to contribute to the world in a very positive way. I see Matthew behind you, and um, when I read his book and I did an interview with him over his book, we dealt with a concept that really just kind of blew my mind. Um, he he talked about arrows and targets, and he said that. The way he describes it is that he is much like a target as opposed to an arrow. So an arrow, we take it and we draw the arrow back and then we aim at our goals in life. We aim at what we want and then we go for it. And we have one shot to get that target, right? we got one shot. But when you're a target, when you're, a target you're drawing, drawing opportunities opportunity. to yourself. I'm not sure if you're hearing the echo. No, no. I think you got a thing there. Just start that again where he says you got one shot with the arrow and take it from there. Okay. So you've got one shot with that arrow, and a lot of us have a lot of anxiety over that, especially as dads, because we're just like, I gotta launch my kid, and I got one shot, and I gotta, he gotta get into this college, and he got to, he gotta get this job, and the way that it was described, I resonate with what Matthew was saying, is that we are more like, or we should look at ourselves more like the target, because when you're the target, opportunities continue to come to you. You're not thinking that I got to get here. You're drawing these things to you. And um, it reminds me of a time where I was a pastor before YouTube. This is the time where I'm struggling. This is the struggle life. This is where I can't put gas in my car. Um, I'm losing my house. All sorts of things are happening because I just can't keep up with all of the responsibilities of life. And I remember coming back from prayer meeting and I'm driving in the car, driving my kids back from prayer meeting and we homeschool our kids. So I'm feeling the pressure like I'm homeschooling them. Like, am I really teaching them the good concepts of math and English? Am I, what am I doing, Lord? Like, and I put on SpongeBob movie and I, you know, or I put on like the wild thornberries and I'm putting on all their favorite cartoons, getting them pizza because I'm feeling dad guilt. You know, there is such a thing sometimes, you know, I'm, I know mom guilt is popular. And, and, and I'm just talking, to, I'm just talking you know, um, to God and just saying, Hey, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. And as life went on, I now find myself in a situation where, um, I'm no longer in that situation. And my children are sitting at the table with the head of who was the head of Nickelodeon, who was the producer of SpongeBob, um, Dor Doreen Spicer, who is the producer of um, The Proud Family. These are cartoons that my kids would love and love. And my kids are sitting at the table and they're writing their own cartoon, which is sold to Amazon Prime. Second season is coming up in fall. 
and they're working with these great people that they used to watch. And that's what I'm saying. It's like there's something inert that was placed in us. There's giftedness. And if we what I would love for my children is to always understand their value and don't always feel like I got to get this opportunity. I got to get let it come to you. Let it come to you. Just honor your values that has been instilled in you. It will come. Yeah, very well said. And I, I, I can testify to that myself. I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict myself. And, and part of my story is at, at one time in my life, I got a lifetime ban from Giant Stadium. And then fast forward that the last three years, the NFL has invited me to come to the Super Bowl for media day to interview the players and coaches about fatherhood and family life. So it's been that type of turnaround for myself as well. And I'm, I'm a person that keeps God first. I'm, uh, first. I'm a very faith-based person as well. And when that shift happened with me, it opened up the door for a lot of the opportunities to speak with a lot of the guys you see behind me. And, and it opened up the door for a lot of other opportunities. So uh, I'm right a, there with you. That's amazing. So you were the guy that was streaking naked. Got you. <laughs> not, <laughs> not quite, but uh, it, it's it's almost as bad. But And then, and then another one I'd like to ask you here, Martel, too, is uh, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad with the kids? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? So this is in, that, that's an interesting uh, question. So my dad, he's Jamaican. My mom and dad are Jamaican, and I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. So in the Jamaican culture, um, some I, I think they've I think they've progressed a bit, but but traditionally spankings and you know harsh punishment is not unusual to the point where it borders on abuse, and that was a kind of grandfather I had with my father. Verbal affirmation uh, was not there. Corporal punishment to the point where it could be abusive was was definitely there. And so my dad, when he had me and I think what what fatherhood is, is basically passing on values and passing on rights. My dad had to fight against he fought against that to the point where he never spanked me except for once, just once. Um, and what he did, I remember I set a bush on fire. We were living in Chicago um, and I set a bush on fire and the bush blew up and there was apartment buildings around and it could have like taken out the whole thing. And my dad said, you know, son, I've never spanked you before, but I feel like I need to communicate to you how serious this thing is that you did. And he says, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you more than it hurts me. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that one before from other people, you know, but at the end of it all, I can remember tears flowing down someone's face, but it wasn't mine. It was my dad. I mean, he he was crying. He didn't want to do it, but he knew he had to do something. And I got it. I got it. I, I was loved. And so I think the biggest thing that us as dads need to do is make sure our children know that they're loved and set good boundaries. And when a father is in a child's life the way my dad was in my life, where I knew I was loved and he set good boundaries and he made sure he set boundaries. Um, I think you're going to be OK and your kid is going to be OK. Yeah, well said, Murthel. And you know what? That's one of the things I think is the biggest differences about dads today as opposed to back in the day. My father had me when he was 50 years old, so he was born in 1930. So he was already, you know, uh, he had a much different style of discipline. But it wasn't like I, I definitely surpassed the amount of times my dad told me I, I love you already to my kids. And I, not that my dad didn't love me. It's just that it wasn't the way that they commonly expressed it. 
And yeah. even when I do it with my kids, it's the, the, the handful of times that I've had to spank them, I, I've always had that feeling, like you said, like that look in your father's eyes. Like, I don't understand how my father could do it. Like, I never understood how you could detach yourself. And yeah. I, I, I don't know because uh, he didn't express himself as way. Maybe he was feeling that way as well. But uh, and, and it's a different discipline style for you, all the four kids. For some of them, just just a threat of a spank is enough to set them straight. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, one, you could, one, you could spank them all day long. It ain't going to make a difference. You know, <laughs> right? you got to find another way, you know. So I. In my rebellious years, when I was around 17, 18, um, no, it was more 18, um, I remember going to this club, and after the club, I was going back home with my friends, and th those were the days where I was experimenting. I was not a thug. I was a pastor's kid. I was just pretending to, you know, be something I was not. <laughs> and um, but, but, you know, we were driving, and I'm racing. I have the music pumping, you know, um, and we're just having a really great time coming back from this club, dropping off my friends. And it's raining and the car spins out of control and it's a write-off. My dad is a minister and so the next day is his big day and he has to have the car. And my mom is a nurse and he has to drop her off and then go to church and go to all his responsibilities. No car. Car is done. It's a write-off. So I get a, I hitch a ride with a band that is driving down some country back Canadian road and he brings me back into Toronto and I get in the house and I tell my dad and this is the moment now this is the moment of of, of reckoning your car is a write-off sorry dad you know I walk in the door and I said dad I crash your car and it's a write-off he's like is everybody okay I was like yeah everybody's okay he's like oh you must be tired he's like you know what son we're gonna get another car and the next time I just want you to be more careful I was like, what? I was like, next time? What do you mean by next time? I couldn't believe it because, I mean, he's still, he's still my father. He still has, you know, he's still a human being. And in the Jamaican culture, you know, you push a person far enough and you're going to get something. I mean, even when I blew up the fire, I got something. I thought at least he'd be like, why not have a tech, you know, like just like, get into his you know, his swag or whatever, but no, he stayed poised. He was prepared to love me because that was his posture. I'm going to love my son no matter what happens. When he comes home, I am going to love him. And honestly, I was raised a Christian my entire life, but I did not fully understand Christianity and the love of Christ until I saw that in my dad. When I saw my dad love me when I did not deserve it, all the songs that were just songs before now became meaningful. I am loved when I don't deserve it. I am forgiven when I don't deserve it. And from that moment, that was it for me in my life. I, my life changed around. I went from taking drugs and doing drugs with my friends um, and getting dropping out of high school. I ended up going to uh, university, getting straight A's, some B's, honor roll every year, went on to get two, three degrees. My parents would have never dreamed that I would be that kind of child. But love establish that yeah wow what an incredible testimonial there Martel. and uh i i would love to ask you too like uh, you know you just said you went to college and did all these things what was the genesis of the youtube channel what was actually the the brainchild behind this how did this actually come about what was the initial uh push to get this youtube channel started and all the rest with the onyx family All right, dads, where are you buying the meat that nourishes you and your family? I used to get mine at the supermarket, but now, thanks to Belcampo, it comes straight to my door, and it's far better and healthier than what I was used to. And thanks to my new partnership with Belcampo, First Class Fatherhood listeners can now benefit as well. Grass-fed and pasture-raised meats like Belcampo have five amazing benefits for your health compared to conventional meats. 
healthy fats, omega-3s, antioxidants, minerals, and yes, more omegas. Belcampo animals grow more slowly as nature intended. This is a difference you can both see and taste. And I'm telling you right now, guys, once you try it, you'll make the switch just like I did. Hey, it's your family, dads. Give them the nutritious meats that they deserve. And if you order right now, you can save 20% off your first order. Go to belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood. That's B-E-L-C-A-M-P-O dot com forward slash fatherhood. And use the promo code fatherhood to save 20% off your first order. All right, guys, and the way Belcampo raises its animals isn't only better for your health, it has a positive impact on the environment as well. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use that promo code fatherhood, and save 20% off your first order. A gift for first-time customers from First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the my pillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands down product, is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. What was the genesis of the YouTube channel? What was actually the the brainchild behind this? How did this actually come about? What was the initial uh, push to get this YouTube channel started and all the rest with the Onyx family? So as I said, I, I had actually met my wife. She was 18 when I met her and I got married to her that same year. I was 23. So we met in one year in university. She was in med. Uh, she was in pre-med. And then we got married that same year. And um, and then I graduated before her. And so she followed me into a life of ministry. She didn't know what she was getting herself into. She didn't know the sacrifice. I am not a part of a denomination that is like the high rollers where they're rolling up in a plane. Like it's just a just just telling the word of God and, you know, get whatever you get, you know. So my salary was very humble, but I had now now we have about four children. And so fast forwarding the story, we're struggling. She she could not maintain um the the med school because she was pregnant and everything four times over so she figured okay maybe i'll be a nurse and so she went to nursing school so while she's in nursing school i'm working then she uh graduates eventually from and she becomes a nurse practitioner but the whole time i'm struggling with this pastor salary and we're getting more and more and more in debt so she gets an opportunity from the doctors in canada they said you're american and you really are good with your patients can you start a medical company in florida She's like, honey, I followed you for 17 years. Can you please, you know, come along with me or whatever? And we went through this discussion back and forth, back and forth. Long story short, I ended up leaving um, ministry and leaving my, my family practice. I'm Canadian, so I can't work in the States. So for a time period, we're in Florida. I'm not working. And my wife is the breadwinner and she's doing everything. But we did not foresee that her being the only American would have worked out with 
the company because the others were Canadian and there's just some legal loopholes having Canadians owning a medical company. She had to become the president, all sorts of stuff. Anyhow, at the end of the day, there was more challenges than there was rewards. And she said to me, "Hun, I think I want to transition to do something else. And I was just like, I left my passion for medical company, not anything else. And she's like, I understand if I don't make any money, then I'll stick in it until I do. Then she said, I'm thinking about YouTube. I was like, okay, what? tell me about it. She tells us about it. We're like, okay, let's go. We started fasting and praying because I just knew like, you know, I came out here to be a YouTuber, to stick M&Ms up my nose when I used to help society. This is crazy. But we prayed and fasted. And in one month, we got so many views and we made so much money. We were able to pay off our debt. We've never seen that lump sum in one month. And the following month, and the following month, it just kept on growing and bigger and bigger. And I was just like, this is phenomenal. And then eventually I started realizing, wait, I have an audience. I can actually use this, utilize this space to be able to sort of like inspire others to, to, as a pick me up. And so we came up with the mission, tell the story, feed the soul, make them laugh, heal the heart. And so non-political, non-religious non any you know uh, agendas just simply make people laugh tell a story that they can relate to and inspire them to be better and that's it and that's that's kind of the story yeah yeah incredible formula man i love that and and it's a shame that we have so many negative things social media it can be used to such good and used to such uh, horrible uh, things so it's like it's awesome to see People like yourself, like your family out there, inspiring others to be better. I mean, I, I think we definitely need more of that. And how, how do your, how do you kind of deal? One of the things I know is a problem is a lot of the trolls and a lot of the negative comments. Do you get any of that on the channel? How do your kids kind of do that? You keep them away from those comments. How do you kind of handle the trolls or those naysayers that you get out there? So my wife, she's just, she's, she's brilliant. First of all, I, I call her the head and I'm the heart. She's just a brilliant woman. She knows what she's doing. And from the very beginning, she said, we're not looking at any comments. It's like, we're not doing it. You know, do you ever, do you ever, do you have access to Seinfeld? Did you have access to, you know, um, the people from the office? No, we watched it. We laughed. That's it. You don't know anything unless the tabloids come in their way. And so it's, it, it, we just don't read um, any, any, any comments at all. Yeah, yeah we very cool. From it. And, and what about your plans for the future here for it? What, what, what's coming next for you guys? You guys got any big plans or goals in the future for yourselves? So right now, um, our family, we've had some really incredible opportunities. Uh, last year, unsuspected to us, we were able to go from um, interviewing Dr. Fauci to going to the White, Ho White House um, inauguration and being a part of that, asked by the Biden team. So we've had some really unique opportunities, and those things just keep on coming up for us. So we've been partnering with several different um, talk shows to do different talk shows. Um, but the projects that we have right now is a cartoon, like I said, um, we're in our second season, and that's going to be dropping, and it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Onyx Monster Mystery. And it's just a funny, quirky um, cartoon, somewhat like how... Um, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo. I remember growing up, I grew up in a very traditional setting, so I was not really allowed to watch like Scooby-Doo, but I'd sneak and watch it. And it's sort of like, there's never really a monster. There's always an explanation, you know, and I'm trying to tell my parents, like, there is an explanation. It's not really a monster, you know, it's not a demon. And um, 
And so our cartoon is kind of similar like that. It's like we're saving monsters and we're putting them on the island. And the analogy I like to make is sort of like we misunderstand each other every day. Everybody's on. It's like everyone is like like to point fingers at that person and say, you know what? You're a this. Yeah, because I know you're you don't know the person. How are you going to call them something? You don't know who they are, you know, and they're we're, we're pointing fingers and we're judging each other and everybody. And there's this us and them mentality. When you really stop and think about it, we are all one. We're we. And so that's the concept sort of like get to know someone else's story. Get to know other people for who they are. Yeah, they're human beings. So, of course, there's a good side and a bad side. But, hey, aren't there a good side and a bad side to you? So let's humanize one another. Um, and even I've, I grew up on, this, on, the, on the concept of forgiveness that even if it's an enemy, even if it's the person that's proven itself, it's like I've learned to love my enemies. Do good to them that persecute you. Pray for them. Shower them with love. I mean, there is a concept. And, and when we humanize one another, even if we have these ideas of the us and the them and then stop making everybody a monster. Get to know their story. And that's what we do. We go around and we save these monsters and then we find a behind the story of why Bigfoot was feared or the Sasquatch or, you know, the boogeyman under the bed. Like we have all sorts of different themes. And the question is, is what's their story? Because when we know a person's story, it's not us and them. It's 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 we. It's no longer pitting us against each other. Yeah, I, I love that. That's a big part of what I try to do on this show. I bring dads from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all faiths, uh, all, all, all ethnicities. And, and you know what? We're At the end of the day, we're all after the same thing, man. We all want our kids to be happy, to be healthy, uh, to, to be successful. We don't want to see our kids sad, hurt, upset. So at the end of the day, we're all after the same thing here. We're much more alike than we are different. So and I think fatherhood yeah. connects us a lot in that in that same way, especially when we see a dad out there in the store, something struggling with struggling with his kid or whatever it is we can empathize because we know exactly what he's going through or we can either yeah. offer to help or we can offer to ignore and, and a lot of too many too often we see that where people are afraid to get involved in, in a positive way and it could just say hey you know hurry up and get out and get done with this so i can get up there right. instead of taking the one minute to just say hey maybe i could do something here to help this situation and make the line move quicker you know or something you like it, that you said it well we we tend to look at the worst of people because all of us have faults instead of looking at the best of people, because there's always a better side to somebody. And when we humanize one another, we can humanize the least of them. So I've been taught that, you know, how we treat the least of them is important. So if we humanize the least of them, then even the greatest, let's not demonize the greatest of them. Let's make sure that we're balanced and we're making sure that we're treating everyone like a human being. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Yeah, we, I don't know where you are there, but like over here in Jersey, like road rage is one of those things and people will just start cursing at you for no reason at a red light. And the same person you're cursing at will hold the door open for you at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, we have oh. no idea who it even is that we're yelling at, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I've well, heard a little Italian coming out of you. I don't know. Is that is that, is there anything to that? No, no, I'm Irish, German. I'm a couple other things, but okay. mostly it could be just a little Jersey maybe coming out. Maybe the Jersey accent coming out, right. <laughs> well, listen, last thing I want to hit you here, Murthel, I'd love to ask all the dads that are get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Just, um, just trust that you're going to be okay. There's, you know, we, you could, you could um, have these great expectations for yourself, but just trust that everything will be okay. Just really just, just be yourself and connect, um, connect with your children. Your children are so, I've seen kids and this is, this is the message I want to tell some dad, because there's some dad out there that is doing awesome and he's probably feeling like he's not doing awesome. And then there's a dad that's probably not doing so awesome. 
And this, this truly is a genuine message. I have worked with so many families as a therapist, and one of the common denominators is the resiliency of children. Children are very resilient, and they're very forgiving naturally, especially of their dads and their moms. They're always ready to give you a second chance, always. If you don't take that for granted, and you just trust that you've got the perfect individual right in front of you, like an empty canvas, you get to, um, if you're genuine with your child, your child is going to be just fine. Just connect with them because they, they need it. Fathers are needed. It's, it's, it's essential. It's almost like, you know, air, water. Fathers are essential. You don't have to be perfect because your child is very resilient. I've seen people from that have been severely abused, still able to forgive their parent, forgive their father, abandoned completely. And there's still this yearning and this urge within them. Where's my dad? You know, I would give him another chance. That's how children are. So don't get yourself stuck in shame cycles of, oh, I didn't do it. And then I'll get it together. Then I'll go to them. No, just humble yourself before your child. Your child loves you and they'll give you a second chance. You may have to dig yourself out of a tough spot, but you'll be okay. Yeah, you're very well said. I love the message. This has been an awesome for, uh, experience for me. I got to say you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you, Alex. You take care. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Murthel for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it in. Tomorrow on the podcast, the former 45th governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, joins me here on the podcast. Got a lot more action coming your way this week. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to keep up to date with all the upcoming guest announcements. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>